Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking all things basketball with Wayne G from Infinity Sports Podcast. We're going to talk some Knicks, some Celtics, some NBA playoffs, Coach K, and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. We have a special edition for you today talking all things basketball. Uh, but before we get to that, we are presented today by Yeti Coolers. Yeti Coolers are at home on the dock, at the ranch, in the blind, or on the boat. And the Tundra 65 is no exception. The most versatile Yeti cooler, uh, just as adept at keeping your catches cold in the field as it is storing your drinks, food, uh, and anything else you need for your backyard barbecue. This ice chest is plenty roomy and can hold a limit of redfish or your prized brisket without breaking a sweat. You can customize these coolers with your favorite collegiate or Major League Baseball team's logo. And uh, you can click on the link in the YouTube description or uh, on the podcast notes and get yourself a new Yeti cooler, all while supporting the Sports Stove Podcast. Today we've got a special guest with us. We're going to go ahead and bring him in. It is the one and only Wayne G, co-host of the Infinity Sports Podcast. Wayne, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be on here. Well, I sure appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk some basketball with us. A lot happening in the basketball world this week. I want to start uh, with maybe, I guess some people are talking about it, but I want to start with the New York Knicks. They get eliminated. Uh, most people said that's what was going to happen with the Hawks. The Hawks are just a super talented roster. The Knicks have been overachieving all year long. But my question is, is where do the Knicks go from here? What are they going to do in the offseason to improve this team so that next year they can actually advance in the playoffs? I think it's a great question, and I think that really the only place you can go when you reach this level is you have to go to free agency and you have to get a big free agent on the team. Now, we saw the Boston Celtics do this a few years ago, Brad Stevens with Isaiah Thomas and also with Jason Tatum as a rookie, second-year guy. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and everyone's like, it's just a matter of time for these guys. <laughs> but then they kept trying to build through the draft, and you can't add young guys to a talented young roster and get over the hump. You need to add superstar talent. So the Knicks have a good young talent. They need to add a superstar into that mix. Is Julius Randle, can he be the number one player, or do you have to get a free agent that's better than Julius Randle? He can be your number one. He's not a superstar. Um, he's a very good player, maybe even a star. He can be your number one, but if he is, then you've got to have four guys. Hmm. Right now it's just him, and I feel like, you know, uh, was it JT Barrett? Or no. RJ Barrett. No, no. RJ Barrett. Yeah. 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 I was so, yeah. RJ Barrett. <laughs> um, it's those two guys. And I know Derek Rose had a good year. I, I love seeing him have a good year because I saw him before he got hurt and he was phenomenal. Mm. 
but you know, really it's those two guys. So if you bring in somebody who's a lesser caliber or an equal caliber player to Julius Randle, so he's your number one still, I still don't think that you're getting deep into the playoffs. You'd have to add two guys like that. Yeah, because you look at what else is in the East right now. I'm not a Philadelphia fan. We'll get to them in a few minutes. Um, Milwaukee, they've kind of got a, a big three, so to say. Giannis is one of the best, maybe what, I don't know. Where do you put Giannis? Top three, top five? Yeah, he's a top three player. Okay. And so you've got them in the East. You've got Philadelphia in the East. Um, Miami will be better next year than what they were this year, I think, at least. So there's a lot of competition there. Being in Lexington, I love Julius Randle, a Kentucky guy. Um, love how New York has adopted him now. Uh, he's endeared himself to them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can, can Thibs, uh, coach Thibodeau, can he, can he maintain this in New York? Cause we know with the Bulls, he kind of wore himself out, not didn't wear himself out, wore his players out, but, uh, wore out his welcome, so to say, in Chicago and it didn't really work in Minnesota. So can he have sustained success in New York as the coach? Absolutely, he can. And I think that he gets the most out of his players, which if you want to consider him, I guess, like an NBA version of Bobby Knight, right? He's the guy who he's going to push you and you're not going to like him, but he's going to get the most out of you. And he's gotten the most out of those guys. He's gotten more out of Julius Randle than any other coach. He's gotten more of Derek Rose than the Pistons did or any of the teams that have taken him on since he got hurt. So he's a guy who gets the most out of you. I like him. He is a coach, though, that is going to wear out his welcome quickly. So their window is probably the next two to three years. And then no matter how they do, I think he's out of a job. Who's the most likely superstar you see in New York? There's so many because New York is becoming a a superstar town. So Mm -hmm. I could see pretty much any superstar there. I don't think Tibbs meshes well with like the egomaniac superstar, you know, type. So I don't think that is somebody who's going to go and play there. Just like guys, the fab five said they wouldn't go play at Indiana because Mm -hmm. of Bobby Knight. So what I do see happening, and I talked about adding two players like Randall is maybe adding a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who I think may not be in golden state next year when clay comes back. And then also adding a guy like Marcus smart as a free agent. So Marcus smart plays Tom Thibodeau basketball already. Perfect fit. And then obviously Andrew Wiggins gives you that 23, 24 point per game score to go along with, Randall and uh, Barrett. I like that. That's that's a great take. Uh, let's talk about Boston. We mentioned them a second ago. Uh, crazy news: Danny Ainge stepping down isn't that wasn't too big of a surprise. But the change with the uh, Brad Stevens leaving coaching to go to the front office and now will be hiring his his successor successor. Um, you know that blew my mind. I, I was in total shock when I saw that. What are your thoughts on Boston uh, with can Brad Stevens? I mean, well, I'll, I'll give my opinion in a second. Tell me what your thoughts are. Brad Stevens going to the front office. It was puzzling to me. I don't mind him going to the front office. I'm just why give up coaching to go to the front office. He's a great yeah. coach. He's a fantastic X's and O's coach. I have him as a top three coach in the entire league behind maybe Popovich and Spolstra. So he's right there in that category. So now you're taking your best asset, really. I mean, Tatum's coming along, but your best asset in the entire team is now gone because he's going to the front office. So I don't know who he's going to bring in, and it poses such a challenge for him because if he brings in a brilliant X's and O's person, who, by the way, my favorite is uh, Becky Hammond on this, by the way. I'd love to see her there. Um, But she coaches and Popovich coaches like Stevens, and Stevens hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to get it done as a coach. 
So I think he's going to have to bring in an established NBA veteran. I've read that Jason Kidd is one of the front runners for this position. What are your thoughts on Jason Kidd as the I hate Jason coach? Kidd. <laughs> I, I am the coach of the team. I don't like him. <laughs> so uh, I don't. I'm not a Jason Kidd fan at this point in my life, but I was a big Suns fan growing up. And uh, me and my dad went out to Phoenix. We flew out there and uh, went to a game when Kid was out there. And it was the most amazing basketball I've ever watched. And I've watched Steve Nash live. Um, I've watched several different games live. Watching Jason Kidd live, I was just enamored by how talented he was. But he's got some off-the-court issues that I don't like. And his personality is not one that I like either. To me, when you're talking about Brad Stevens... He's now going to be in charge of the coach, and you know he's going to have opinions on how it should be done because, well, it's his guys. He coached them for several years. You know, so I wonder if if they go with a rookie coach a lot. I know Chauncey Billups' name has come up a lot as well. Um, uh, Becky Hammond as would be a rookie head coach. I wonder how hands on Brad Stevens is going to be. I, I don't know. Obviously, Brad Stevens. Um, he seems like a great person. Um, do you think he can he can kind of be hands off uh, when the coach comes in, or do you think they'll bring in someone that he can kind of be hands on with? I think he'll be extremely hands off because he has that personality. Like he's not an egomaniac; he doesn't care, and he just wants to win basketball games. So guys like Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, they have a huge ego. They can't help but either bring in a guy who runs their system or kind of assistant coach from behind the bench. And Brad Stevens isn't going to be that guy. He's going to be the front office. Whoever he hires is going to be somebody that he trusts to do absolutely everything. Yeah, and I don't think um, him being a head coach, he understands how frustrating it would be for the, have the general manager telling you what to do as the coach. Uh, so I think that'll be good for him as well. Um, the one thing that I think his – if I can use the word failures, I don't think he failed as a coach, but his failures was his roster – um, they had some great players, I think, in Tatum and Brown. I like them a lot. Kimbo, when he's healthy, I like. Uh, Kyrie, that didn't work. Uh, Gordon Hayward, sadly, that didn't work. Um, but he never really had a legit, uh, big man, I don't think at least, uh, to help them kind of complete that team out. So I think the reason why they never made it to the championship game was not so much coaching as much as they just didn't have the roster to, go over the top in the Eastern Conference. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Well, with this roster as it's constructed, they need a big man. I thought Andre Drummond would have been a perfect fit for them if they could have gotten him there somehow. But it's tough to lure people to Boston. Nobody wants to go play there. And maybe that's where he's going to be a good president of operations is that his players seem to really like him. And I'm wondering if he'll be really likable on the recruiting path and getting guys to go to Boston. But again, what does he want to build? Does he want to take this roster and just add a big man? Or does he want to just completely overhaul it? Because if you bring in a superstar, it's a complete overhaul at this point. Kemba Walker is not the superstar that they needed him to be. I think Brown is a superstar. I think that he's a guy who is underutilized. So hopefully whoever he brings in as head coach will give Brown a lot more leash and maybe a little bit more you know tighter leash on Tatum. Yeah, I think to me, I would not move Tatum or Brown at this point for, you know, I mean, there's a few guys out there. Maybe I would move one of them for, but I think Tatum's untouchable. Brown is the one that's kind of in question, but I think he's probably staying in, in, in the Celtics. Pretty much everybody else is, <laughs> is available. I would think if you're Boston, Marcus Smart probably going to be gone from what most people are saying. Um, you know, they just, they, they need a lot of help and bringing in a, a star. 
I think would make a big difference for them, especially if they can get, they're not going to get Chris Paul, but a Chris Paul type, a veteran that uh, can just kind of continue to help shape Tatum and Brown into what they already are. I think Brown, from what I understand about him, he's a very vocal leader. Um, he's he's the more active leader, I guess, than Tatum is. Tatum's more of the um, silent, or I guess as far as leadership goes, silent and just go out and play. Um, but is there is there anybody like a Chris Paul that's going to be available in the offseason for Boston to go out and get? I don't know who it would be. I really don't know yeah. who they can go out and get. Um, like I said, I, I, I think that they need to do is take this roster, like you were saying, just add a big. add, And you know who I like who would be really cheap and they could afford him? The question is, does he want to play in Boston because nobody does? Is DeMarcus Cousins. I think DeMarcus oh, Cousins yeah. would be such a good fit there, especially if he's fully recovered from uh, the injuries. I mean, that's a guy he can shoot from outside if he has to, but he's a legit back-to-the-basket guy. He can compete with the Embiid's when you play against Philadelphia. So that's a guy that you bring him in and keep the rest of the roster. I would give Marcus Smart whatever he's asking for, 15, 20 million. I think you got to give it to him because he is the heart of that. He runs that team just like KG did when he was there. I mean, he's the mm-hmm. fire. I think you take him away and you're in a lot of trouble no matter who you had. Is there any chance since you mentioned the name that KG is the coach of Boston? Zero chance. Okay. I could see him as an assistant, maybe like a, a shooting coach, or I couldn't even see him sitting on the bench as like an assistant coach. Just somebody who maybe comes in as like an advisor, like Steve Steve Nash did at first with uh, in Brooklyn, but not a head coach. I don't think he has that desire to be a head coach, uh, and I just can't picture him as a head coach because I never, I, don't know, I just never pictured him as that role. He doesn't strike me as that type of person. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Becky Hammond, and that would be, a, I think, a good fit in Boston. Boston is one of the places that it would definitely be open to Becky Hammond being a head coach. I, I also thought of Tim Duncan. I don't know that he would go anywhere other than San Antonio, but I thought of both of those people, Becky Hammond and Tim Duncan, as as good fits personality-wise in Boston. Um, like I said, I've heard Chauncey Bill's name a lot. Jason Kidd was one of the first names that came out as well. I'm really intrigued to see which way they go with this, how much it's truly Brad Stevens' decision. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying it has to be a minority of some sort, whether it be a female or someone of color. It's got to have to be somebody, somebody that's going to stand out a little bit and be different than what Boston's used to. I, you know, I think Brad Stevens can work with anybody, uh, from his personality and, and things like that. And the, the Boston fans have proven. That if you win, they'll be okay with you, no matter no matter who or what you are. Um, at that point, uh, let's talk real quick before we get into the playoffs. The uh, fan situation seems to have calmed down a little bit after the water bottle throwing incident, where they were charged with what assault and battery, but uh, popcorn being thrown, spitting, uh, lots of language, which I argued in my last podcast the players have just as bad language they're just mad that they have to listen to it from someone else but um are we done with the fan interaction uh problems at the games this in the playoffs or is this something that we're going to continue to see i don't know are we done letting human beings into the game because i think that (laughs) human beings really are the worst we are so awful and (laughs) i i just feel like and i took a really hard stance on this and it it got a lot of blowback from some different facebook groups when i was talking in nba groups and whatnot that i was glad about the criminal charges for the bottle i actually wanted to see criminal charges for the spitting and i wanted to see criminal charges for the popcorn because Hmm. here's the deal when you buy a ticket and, and if you're listening if you don't like this tough when you buy a ticket you are buying a ticket to be a spectator. You are not buying to be a participant. So sit there, watch the game. You want to cheer for your team. You want to boo the other team. 
fine. You have that right. The minute you start interacting with the players, the coaches, other fans, you deserve to be thrown in jail to set an example to people that this kind of behavior will not be tolerated in society. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. If you have a harsh punishment, it it can stop the problem. Um, Water bottles, they can hurt people. Popcorn can't. So I'm not, I'm not as hard stance on the popcorn, although I don't think it's appropriate. They shouldn't do it. Spitting definitely a major, major issue that should not happen. Water bottles, beer cans that you see at football games, uh, baseball games, stuff like that. That's a problem. It ha- cannot happen. The chargers, the only reason why I was okay with the charges is because that should be what it takes to stop it from happening again. Uh, you're still going to have drunk fans run out on the quarter field. At some point in time, it's going to happen. You could take away all the alcohol, and that would solve some of the problems. But it would probably have less people in the stands as well. It would be more family-friendly. And for me, I'm a parent of two boys. I want the games to be family-friendly, and I hate going to games. I mean, we've been to hockey games in Nashville, and you know the people behind you are just drunk as a skunk, and they're spilling beer on you, and you're just like, you know, this isn't any fun. And then you go to other games and you hear the cursing and the swearing and the fighting and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I got my two boys with me and I'm like, plug your ears. Don't look. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. So I'd like to see it calm down and get back to family friendly atmospheres at sporting events. Uh, but that's, that's my opinion at the very least. Yeah. The alcohol, I think, turns up your importance meter, right? The mm-hmm. more you drink, the more important you feel. And yeah. so I think with a lot of these guys, if you have high self-esteem to begin with, you know, they start drinking. And next thing you know, they're like, Hey, I'm more important than Jason Tatum. Why isn't the crowd paying attention to me? And that's when mm-hmm. bad things happen. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, all right. Let's get into the playoffs a little bit. We got three series still in the first round. Uh, two games are playing tonight. Now we're currently live on YouTube. Most people are going to listen to the podcast version of this episode after these games are played. So we're going to give you two takes on each, on each game. Uh, Denver wins tonight. What does it mean? What does it mean for Denver? Uh, if Denver wins tonight, it's great for them. I think that they move on. Obviously, I don't know that they make it. Further than that, because I think that the loss of Jamal Murray has been tremendous. Uh, they are going to get past Portland because Portland really has nothing outside of the two superstars. Uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony didn't get younger. So I think that, you know, Denver's depth is just a little bit better. And I think that they're going to get by there. But whoever they face in the next round, I think that they're going to be done. So whether they win tonight or whether they win in seven, I do think they're going to win. I don't think they make it past the next round. All right, so you're saying even if Portland wins tonight, it doesn't matter. They lose game seven? I do think so, yeah. Yeah. For me, Dame Lillard is one of the most exciting players in the league. I absolutely love watching him. Um, As much as I I hate James Harden's game, I love Damian Lillard's game. I'm not sure that it's that much different. But uh, for me, watching Lillard is just – you always – it's kind of like watching Steph Curry. You you just expect – offensive greatness from him i love his attitude um and his energy during the game as well um had denver stayed healthy had jamal murray not gotten hurt i was really excited about what they could do uh Jokic, though he's played pretty well without murray in uh the next round they'll be playing what the winner of phoenix la mm-hmm. uh so yeah that doesn't that doesn't bode well <laughs> for denver i don't think but Jokic has earned mvp don't you think I think so. I know there's definitely some push for uh, Luca because obviously Luca had just as good a season, uh, maybe better than uh, Jokic on an individual level. But Jokic's team did better, so that's always going to be taken into consideration. 
I know there's a, a small minority that's kind of pushing for Chris Paul to be the MVP. But I'm like, you can't be the MVP when you average 15 points per game. I, I don't care. This isn't the Steve Nash days. You know, it's yeah. not going to happen. So it's between Luca and, and Jokic. And, and I would probably give it to Jokic as much as I would like to see Luca get it because he's so young. And he's the face of the, you know, the NBA. Um, I, I think that Jokic is probably the most deserving. Yeah. Well, he played every single game, which has to, has to play a factor in it as well. Uh, for sure. All right. Phoenix and the Lakers. Phoenix up three, two. Anthony Davis. Um, you know, there's uncertainty around his status with the groin injury. Even if he does play, how effective will he be? So let's say Phoenix wins tonight. They advance to the next round. What is, what is their outlook for the rest of these playoffs? Uh, it looks good because again, they're going to be playing the winner of Denver or Portland and whoever wins that series. I know we just said Denver, but let's say either one of them win the series. I think Phoenix can be either one of those teams. Um, you know, like Chris Paul with the leadership, DeAndre Ayton stepped it up, Devin Booker stepped it up. It's something they did last year too when they had the play in and they went eight and oh in the play in, but they still didn't yeah. get in. Yeah. Um, they just seem to turn it up in the playoffs and Chris Paul brings that leadership that they need. Uh, that's a really good team. And that's why they're up three, two on the Lakers because, you know, the Lakers were the team to make it to the finals. That's the team everyone had pegged, even going into the playoffs as like a seven seed or six, whatever it was. Right. You know, everyone's like, they're going in. And, uh, Phoenix has played them really well. I, I don't think LeBron has played bad i just think phoenix has played him really well and uh, that's a team that's gonna be really tough if they move on i mean deandre ayton is a difference maker in this series so far um everyone going into this series said well they don't have anybody who can cover ad and even when davis was as healthy as he was uh to start the series ayton played him phenomenal even in the losses ayton had great games he's starting to play like a number one overall pick even though he's I would have still taken Luca, but, but nonetheless, he's still playing. He's playing up to his draft potential at this point, at least. And it's neat to see him improving. Devin Booker continuing to be what he was in the bubble last year. Monty Williams is the coach. Uh, I think he's a great coach and, uh, the players obviously have bought into what he's doing and it's working. Chris Paul might be the piece that puts them over the top. Uh, this year and this is the year right I mean this is the year to do it in the west at least when you've got uh, they could knock out the Lakers in round one there's nobody else that's super scary in the west there's good teams the Jazz are a good team but scary I wouldn't say say is the case at least so good opportunity for Phoenix if LA wins tonight um, how much how good of a chance do they have to win game seven I think they have a very good chance. I as much and I'm a Lakers fan, so this is. But here's the thing: I hate Le, I hate LeBron James. Okay, uh, I I really do, and I've hated him for a long time, and I hate him even as a Laker. But I will say this: unbiasedly, he doesn't lose. Like he just right. doesn't. Like he finds a way to win, and you can say whatever you know, three and six in the finals, whatever. But no, he just finds a way to win. And one of those losses in the finals, he averaged like a forty point triple double for the series. You know, he's going to do whatever it takes. He's got the pieces around him, the players around him. So Phoenix has to close it out tonight. I think if they don't, then they're done. I think because I think LeBron turns it on for a game seven and has probably a triple double, and they win game seven. All right, so let's talk about LeBron for a minute because I hate LeBron also. So we can we can uh, uh, mold on this. So um, my problem with LeBron has never been his playing, although his his constant complaining is incredibly annoying to watch. But I've had the biggest issues with how he's treated past coaches and how he's uh, demanded. And I know he's he is the so called best player in the league, but demanded that his friends get paid, his friends get to be with him, which hurts some of his teams, 
um, helped some of his teams, of course, as well. But, you know, when he left Cleveland, that Tristan Thompson uh, contract, Kevin Love, all those sorts of things, I just hated the way he handled all of those things. I didn't see that part of him as a role model for my children. And if you're a, an NBA player or an NFL player or a professional athlete of any kind, and I don't want my kids to be anything like you. It, well, I shouldn't say anything like because LeBron's done some good things uh, in his communities that he's been in. But um, I've tried very hard to steer my kids away from being huge LeBron fans because <laughs> I've hated the way he's handled Ty Lue, um, the the Israeli coach, or I'm not sure if he's from Israel or not, but the um, you know what I'm talking about, coach for Cleveland. David Blatt. Yeah, David Blatt. Um, how he handled all that, I just I hated it. Uh, and so it really turned me off from LeBron. But I have to say, as a kid, too, I wasn't a Michael Jordan fan. I respected his game, but everybody liked him, so I didn't like him. I, I was that kind of person. Um, LeBron James in L.A., what is it about – well, you said you didn't like him before L.A., right? Yeah, correct. All right, so what is it about LeBron that you're not a huge fan of? I don't – like some of the stuff that you said, the personality thing, I don't mind him advocating for his teammates to get huge contracts. I think in a way maybe that leads to a president of a players' union down the road maybe um, mm. because he's all about – power and i think that's that would be a great powerful role for him so i have no problem with that he's like hey these are my buddies they need their free agents you need to pay them top dollar it's almost like he's a second agent for them so i don't mind that <laughs> what i do dislike is you mentioned the play i can't stand the flopping like mm-hmm. i mean nobody hitting you at all and you roll around on the ground for 30 seconds because the replay shows like nobody hit you you know it, i don't like that at all i don't like it in soccer and i really don't like it in basketball mm-hmm. um i don't like the way that he talks about himself so mm-hmm. you talk about talking about to your kids right as they become established, they may become well-established in something in life. And you have to let them know, listen, you're going to get a lot of attention if you're really good at something. This is what happens when you believe all that attention that people are giving you. Because LeBron buys into that. But I've always hated the fact that he didn't know what he wanted to be. Like hmm. He's always just tried to be what everyone wants him to be. So when everyone was like, oh, Kobe and Jordan, they're killers, they're assassins. You know, he's like, I'm going to be the villain. He put on the black mask, right? And he goes out there and, and then people are like, oh, I don't like LeBron like this. So then he's like, I'm taking off the mask. I'm a good guy. Look at me. I'm the leader of the Avengers. You know, he just does whatever he thinks people want him to do. And that frustrates me because I'm like, be your own man. Just be like, like, obviously you've built schools in your neighborhood. You've sent people to college. You've done a lot of really great things. You haven't had, despite being on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a 16 year old, he hasn't had a single off the court scandal. You know, right. I mean, so he's handled himself extremely well. Just whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Don't be such a D bag. 
Yeah, and it really is amazing because, you know, I look at, at athletes, and you just mentioned it. You look at athletes, and they are superstars. You look at Kobe, for instance, and he had one big, big mistake. Uh, you look at a lot of these athletes, and, and they, they have different problems and struggles outside of their sport. And, and LeBron, I give him a lot of credit because he has been able to avoid that. And with the giving that he's done, he's done so much for his, for the Akron and Cleveland communities, um, and a lot for kids. And, and I, and I love that about him, but we talk about the flopping and, and, you know, the argument of who's the best ever Michael or LeBron for me, that kind of play, the flopping, the rolling around the floor, the being carried off the floor for a sprained ankle, the different things that just say you can't be the greatest of all time when you're playing like Raja Bell, um, <laughs> you know, or, or playing like uh, a guy that's just trying to find a way to stay on the floor. You're the best player ever. You've got to be a step above when it comes to that, those kinds of actions. That's my philosophy on it. Where do you put LeBron in the all-time rankings? I put him third. I have, uh, believe it, I have Wilt Chamberlain number one uh, okay. over Michael Jordan. I have Michael Jordan two, or you can call him one A, and then I have LeBron three, uh, followed by Kareem and then Kobe. Although Kobe, you could swap with Duncan, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's, I love that. That's great. Yeah, I think Duncan oftentimes gets left out of the conversation, and he shouldn't be because he was a phenomenal player. I think Kobe was great too. I don't know enough about Wilt. Um, or Kareem, um, those kinds of guys to, to make a good assumption on it. So I have Michael one and I have LeBron around three. I assume that one of those guys, Wilt, um, or Kareem or somebody like that would be better than him, but that's just pure guessing and listening to what my dad told me. My dad thinks Larry Bird's the greatest ever. So, uh, <laughs> so there's that as well. Um, let's get back to the playoffs. Uh, Clippers and the Mavericks. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, there's two different people, but what are your feelings about these two guys? I don't like them. And you know what? I used to. I liked them before. When Kawhi was on San Antonio, before mm-hmm. he had the falling out with Popovich and said he was injured for 70 games, even though he was only injured for five, according to the team doctors, you know, <laughs> I, I stopped liking him. And then he went to, you know, Toronto. He was a prima donna in Toronto. Uh, he's been called, uh, you know, the, the king of, um, whatever it is, like using yourself lightly, not really going 100%. Hmm. He, he's a great defensive player, and he's a great offensive player. I just don't like – he's kind of buying into his superstardom as well. And he's – unlike LeBron, who can be bubbly and kind of maybe even like you, you, gravitational, mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi is not. Kawhi is very standoffish. He's like an introvert. He's a jerk, and he's got this whole ego thing that's not a good mixture. Paul George – Another guy who I loved in Indiana, loved him there. And then he went to Oklahoma City, and I kind of liked him in Oklahoma City. But then when he went to L.A., again, I just felt like he kind of bought into the whole Kawhi and Paul George are going to bring a championship. The two of us are good enough. Well, guess not. Yeah, so I was I followed the Pacers uh, for a while while he was there. I lived in Indiana for a few years and had to cheer for some Indiana team. So I picked the Pacers, and, and you know, he was he had the heart, he had the grit. Um, the offense, the defense, he had everything about him. It seemed to be relatively humble. And then just the way he, he left Indiana didn't sit well with me. And, uh, I kind of said, started to see that attitude change in Oklahoma City. And then you're right. When he joined up with Kawhi, it was just this, uh, you know, this entitlement that happens with the second guys that come in, uh, <laughs> into the situation that also they think now they're big stuff because they're with the big dog. Kawhi, when he tries, 
he's phenomenal still, but that's like 12 games a year. And then the playoffs, you know, it's almost like when he was in Toronto, he just decided that was a lot of energy to, to put out and he's not going to do that, do that anymore. I don't know. Do the Clippers have any chance against Dallas? They do have a chance. I mean, they do have a chance. They're coached by Doc Rivers still, right? I mean, so they're a team that can no, still win. Ty, oh, Ty Lue. Ty Lue, no. Okay, all right. So Ty Lue, I don't like him as much. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they have a chance because I don't think Dallas is very deep. Neither team is very deep. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dallas's third best player is Chris Tapps right now. I and mean, you get Tim Hardaway as your second best player. When Tim Hardaway is your second best player and you're going up against Kawhi and PG-13, you've got a chance to lose. And sure. – Luca, as great as he is, I think that he could still choke away this lead. The Clippers could still come back and win it. Um, but I'm rooting for Luca because, unlike these guys, he actually is really likable. Yeah. And, you know, I think with the Clippers, there's the way the game ended, the last game ended, uh, you know, Rondo was seemed upset at Kawhi. And that means that's not going to go well in the locker room. <laughs> and so uh, you already have some personalities there with the Morris twin and, and Rondo and some of those guys that's just like, uh, is Morris on the Clippers? He might not be. Anyways, you've got some guys in that locker room that could really just stir things up and they might come out the next game and just fall flat on their face. Ty Lu, he's a championship coach. Um, Technically, uh, uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure that by, I by trust him. Yeah, I'm not sure that I trust him to coach a team through adversity uh, into the championship. Uh, Dallas, you know, they have been one of these teams throughout the years that even when they weren't the best team, they were still a competitive team. And they did this in their championship year. Um, and they, they're doing this right now with, with Luca. They've got to get Luca some help down the road or they are just going to run him into the ground um you know what does the future look like for dallas because this year they're not going to win the championship this year but what does the future look like for dallas i think they have a bright future because you've got somebody who could potentially be the best player in the league within the next by next year or even very shortly you've got widely regarded as the best owner in the league right in mark cuban everybody loves playing for mark cuban so he's a great recruiter he can go out he can find somebody to play with luca like you said, I mean, they're taking the Clippers to the brink. They could beat the Clippers. They could move on to the next round. And like I said, their second best player is Tim Hardaway. So if you go out and you bring in another superstar to play with Luka, which is very possible, you could have a team that is instant, I mean, instantly Western Conference finalists and potentially, you know, NBA finalists. Yeah. I mean, Cuban's not afraid to spend money and they've had a hard time landing the big free agent, but you've got to think with the way Luka plays. And the setup, you know, the team setup, uh, you've got to think people are willing, especially the younger guys that are coming out of their first contracts and things like that. I mean, I've just got to think someone's willing to go uh, and play there in Dallas. So they've got a good setup uh, there for sure. And Luca is so entertaining to watch. I just, for as big as he is, to be able to move the way he moves, handle the ball the way he does, you know, he is, in my opinion, right up there with Giannis and, um, you know, a serious win would just put them that much closer to Giannis. And, you know, because Giannis, if Giannis learns how to shoot, that changes everything. <laughs> but until then, let's talk about the Bucks. Bucks are going to be in the second round. They're playing against Brooklyn. What could be the funnest series to watch, um, I think at least, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, there's not going to be much defense on Brooklyn's side. Uh, but what what is this series going to look like? 
I would say that this series looks like 4-2 Brooklyn is what I would go on this one. Uh, Milwaukee, as good as they are, I mean, Giannis is an uber talent. He's phenomenal. Chris Middleton is a role player who's stepped it up a little bit. I mean, is he really that much better than Michael Red? He's, he's basically the same player. Oh. you know. Okay. And you yeah. know, you've know, you got uh, Drew Holiday, who I'm not a huge fan of. I know the people say he's first-team all-defense, great defensive guard. Um, people like playing with him, but he's not a superstar. So you've got a superstar with two borderline all-stars going up against three first ballot hall of famers, really. And as much as I hate Kyrie Irving and as much as people can crap on James Harden, who I think is wildly underrated uh, mm-hmm. in his game, they've got the the best trio, forget LeBron and any trio he's ever had. They have the best trio in the history. Forget golden state. Even this is, I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. You've probably got three of the top 10 players right there. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. I don't. I might take Steph, Clay, and KD over over this trio, but I see what you're saying for sure. Um, Drew Holiday is going to have to play up to his contract in this series for them to have a chance, because I've never seen him as a superstar or really as a star, um, but as a almost like the Rondo of the Celtics championship days is the way I kind of look at Drew Holiday. Although he's a better shooter than Rondo was, but he has that, he has the toughness, the mindset. And if he can lock down either Kyrie or James, that's going to help them out a ton. The problem is someone else has to lock down the other guy and you assume Giannis is going to cover KD. But Brooklyn is one injury away from this series being really, really close. And they're one, you just weird mishap away too. Cause Brooklyn, the personalities on Brooklyn are just, that's a crazy group of guys. And, uh, you know, you add in Blake Griffin, who's played really well since being in Brooklyn, but it's kind of hard when you're the fourth guy to not play well. And in, in my opinion, in that, that group as well, um, even if you put him as the fifth guy with Joe Harris, he's still, you know, I should be able to play on Brooklyn's team and, and at least play five minutes of <laughs> basketball, but Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harbin. I don't think any three of those guys have the mindset that is necessary to lead a team. Um, Harden might be the closest one. Kyrie's too out there. Um, KD, I think, is too soft. And Harden is the one guy that might be able, if he can let go of himself a little bit, might be the guy that has the mindset to lead the team through. But you've got a great coaching staff, I think, in Brooklyn as well. But D'Antoni's never won a championship. Steve Nash has never won a championship. But Nash was around Golden State, of course, in their years as well. Uh, between uh, Coach Bud at Milwaukee and Nash at Brooklyn, which of those coaches do you have the most confidence in? Only, well, as a coach, Bud. But uh, as a uh, as a team, coach right? with that roster. <laughs> coach with that roster, it's going to be yeah. Nash. Um, I mean, he's going <laughs> to win this thing. He doesn't have to do much. I don't know how much coaching he does. I know that Kyrie came out uh, after they'd hired him and he's like, we're not going to have a coach. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, I thought it was kind of disrespectful to say about Steve Nash, uh, who I think has one of the highest basketball IQs of any player I've ever watched growing up. It's phenomenal. I just, I don't know. I, I would love to have seen him coach a team that was younger first to see how he actually can teach the game of basketball. Even though I know that there's two types of coaches, you've got the teacher, which is Brad Stevens, Popovich, Spolstra, and then you've got the, the Zen guy, right? You've got the Riley's. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson can coach 
you know, Kyrie, Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest, and he'd be fine because he just knows how to deal with people's personalities. Yeah. Now, maybe that's what Steve Nash is, and that's why he's perfect for this fit. But I always think good coaches are good X's and O's guys. And despite his high basketball IQ, I'm not sure. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. How much of an X's and O's guy Steve Nash is? It's an interesting matchup. Uh, Milwaukee has a lot to prove. And if they somehow beat Boston in this series, that's going to lift, you know, Giannis's uh, uh, stock through the roof because that would be massive win for them uh, for sure. I think it's going to be interesting, but I could see six games Brooklyn. That wouldn't surprise me. Philadelphia and Atlanta. I am the biggest um, anti 76ers guy there is. I don't have any confidence in Embiid. I, I don't like Simmons, although I would take Simmons over Embiid. Um, I don't like Simmons. Doc Rivers, He's. I think he's a good coach. But I'm not sure that this roster is going to work for a championship at the very least. Atlanta, super talented roster, but I don't know that it's their time yet. Uh, so give me your thoughts on Philadelphia and Atlanta. It's interesting because two of my favorite players, I, I love Trey Young. I've been calling Trey Young Steph 2.0 since he was at Oklahoma, and he led the nation in scoring and assists, which no one had ever done before. And I said he's going to do the same thing in the NBA. He's, at some point, he'll average 34, like 11.5 assists and lead in both. Uh, he's just phenomenal to watch. And, and you talk about watching Curry. It, mm. Like I said, it's like watching Curry on steroids because he's just so good and he's younger and more athletic and he's just got a lot more energy. I love Trey Young. I think he's phenomenal. The rest of the roster, I know it's really talented in name. I mean, you've got Capella, you've got John Collins, Bogdanovich, Hunter. You've got a lot of names, but I don't think experience is there. And I know Capella's kind of experience i just don't think that they have the experience but neither does philadelphia i mean they've been trusting the process for the last 10 years so <laughs> i don't know about that but what i do i will say this about joel Embiid. i know you said you're not a huge fan of Embiid. for me joel Embiid is the best big man i've ever seen play the game of basketball better than shaquille o'neal hakeem olajuwon david robinson he is the best big man i've ever seen wow. however he's not always motivated and he's not always healthy and the best ability is availability, right? Yeah. So here he is. He's hurt already going into this series. Hmm. That doesn't bode well for them. I don't like Simmons either. I actually thought there was a point where, you know, you would trade Simmons and you would get five draft picks back or something because he's such an enormous talent. I probably would trade Simmons for Marcus smart right now. Like I just don't, <laughs> the guy averages 12, eight and eight. I mean, you can get that out of just about anybody, you know, what yeah. does he really do? That's so great. He doesn't do anything. So he's, that, he's Boris Diaw without the three point shot. Yeah, with more height, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, I think that you know Tobias Harris is fantastic, yeah. greatly underrated player. He's so good, and uh, Embiid is phenomenal. But going into this with some mix, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably gonna have to give it to Atlanta on this one, just because they're healthier right now. They are younger than Philadelphia, and uh, again, Trey Young is just the X factor. So I think that probably seven games. And Atlanta has all the confidence in the world right now, and Philadelphia is better than the Knicks, but they may not play as hard as the Knicks did at the same time. You know, for me, watching Ben Simmons at LSU, I would just said, there's no way I would draft this kid. 
And it's not to say he doesn't have talent. He's way more talented than I am. But to me, as looking at it from a front office or coaching perspective, I just, I didn't think he had the heart um, that was necessary to lead a team. If he's a player on the team, that's one thing, but to lead the team, it's not going to happen. And where he was getting drafted at, number one, I need a leader. Uh, Embiid, he went to Kansas. That's probably the main reason I don't like him, but, uh, um, he's got an interesting personality and I can, I can come to respect that. And he is incredibly talented, but he has been injured every single step of the way. And, uh, to me, he acts like someone who's already won a few times when he still has yet to win anything. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on Embiid and Simmons. Trey Young is a guy I wasn't a big fan of until this Knicks series. And I was cheering for the Knicks, but, uh, I loved his personality, um, in this series. I loved the bow at the end of the game. I, I loved his, uh, the, the shushing the crowd. I loved everything about Trey Young in this series against the Knicks. He rose to the occasion. And, uh, so I'll be cheering for the, the, uh, the Hawks this round. Uh, they made a coaching switch that doesn't usually turn out as well as it did for, for Atlanta. Nate McMillan has come in and done a great job in Atlanta. Of course, Bagdanovich being healthy helped a little bit as well, kind of matched at the same time frame as McMillan, but, uh, an interesting team. I don't know that I can pick them over Philadelphia. So that's an interesting pick. And I, I I'll remember that and uh, remember to say Wayne G told us so. Um, predictions yeah predictions at the beginning of the playoffs i said it's probably just going to be the lakers and the nets i don't know that i could pick that now what are your thoughts at this point in the playoffs who we're looking at in the finals well i'm not going to move off the nets i think the nets are getting to the finals i don't think anybody even slows them down i think they're going to be the nba champions Hmm. um as much as people will hate seeing kevin durant (laughs) get another (laughs) nba championship or Kyrie even um but i think that they're going to win the nba championship who they play against is anybody's guess. The way the Lakers are playing, I don't think it's them anymore. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Utah. You know, I mean Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, the Stifle Tower, right? I mean, you got. Uh, you know, it's a solid team. You know, uh, yeah. was it Bojan Bogdanovic is again another underrated player. That all he does is average eighteen points a game every year, right? You know, so, <laughs> you know and it's a team that plays Utah Jazz team basketball. Hmm. And if history has proven us anything, whether it's the Pistons against the 04 Lakers or any of those Spurs teams, the more team ball you play, you're going to be better than any star-studded team. Hmm. So I do think that Utah could be that team in the finals. Despite the team ball they play, I don't think it's good enough to beat those three stars. Yeah, and Quinn Snyder probably doesn't get enough recognition for what he's done in Utah. Uh, this year, you know, you're going up against uh, Coach Thibs and New York had a great year. Monty Williams is a great story in Phoenix as well. Um, but Quinn Snyder has been great in Utah, done a great job there. He's, you're right, he's got a great roster, good depth there. They know who they are, and they play their style of ball, and it, and it seems to work for them. And, uh, but you know, when you're talking about stopping three of the, you know, top scores two Harden and Durant, you know, might be top two, top five, definitely all time scores would be my guess. And Kyrie, when he's focused, uh, is pretty solid as well. So yeah, that could be a, a tough one to stop for sure. Um, let's transition real quick to college basketball. Uh, it came out this week that, uh, coach K is going to coach his last season this year for Duke. Uh, had has had a phenomenal career and, um, you know, they, they've already announced who's going to replace him, but you know, 
the originally came out with, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was that had the report, but they said one of the main reasons that Coach K was stepping away was because of the, the changes that were being made in the game, the name, image, and likeness, the, um, the different, uh, the transfer portal and those kinds of things as well. Let's hear Jeff Goodman originally reported that. Uh, of course, Coach K came out and said, oh, it has more to do with family than anything else. Uh, don't You don't have to tell me how great a coach Coach K is necessarily. You can if you want to because you are a Duke fan. But um, what is this, what's going to happen to Duke now with Coach K in his final season? In his final season, it'll be interesting because, you know, Coach K didn't like the one and done rule either. That was the thing that he was adamantly against. But he adapted to it, and he got guys like Kyrie and Zion and Barrett and all these guys who could come through Duke one year, become a top-five NBA draft pick, and he did well. But he didn't really win in that era. You know, He had a hard time, I think, winning in that one-and-done era. So I think adding it more, making it more like the NBA, like you were saying, with the transfer portal, with players being able to get paid for their likenesses, is becoming more and more pro sport, which it should be. That's a whole other conversation, but um, <laughs> you know. It, so I think I understand he's done. He's an old school coach. He's one of the last of the old school regime. Um, I think that they're going to do really well because I think that he can go out and recruit those one and done players this year, knowing that they're not going to stick around. They don't have to worry about the coach being around, but they also are like, man, I could be on coach K's last team. I think he's, that's going to be a great recruiting cell. <laughs> right. <laughs> or somebody even Calipari, just go out there to those teams and say, listen, man, this is my last year and I want to win it. So are you going to help me do it? <laughs> We're going to be on TV every night. Uh, we're going to get all kinds of attention, uh, for, uh, on top of what they already got being Duke, they're going to get more of it this year. It seems like, uh, with this farewell tour, uh, so to say now they've announced already who's replacing him. Um, I don't, I forget how to pronounce his name. The assistant coach. Um, I was trying to look it up. Do you remember his name? I, can't, I thought it was like, like Sheffer or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and, and I probably should know it, but, Nonetheless, is Duke going to be able to be Duke after Coach K leaves? Or are they going to make a – I mean, you think of Indiana and the struggles they had after losing a legendary coach. Kentucky, um, they had some major struggles after losing. Of course, Tubby came in right after Patino, but especially after Tubby was gone. took them a while to get around to Coach Cal. So is Duke going to be able to maintain their status as one of the top schools, or are we going to see a dip in their in their, uh, in their play? I expect a dip. I expect. I just don't think that you can recruit like Coach K. That you can. I mean, Coach K is the head coach of the USA basketball team, which is made up all of professionals. You know, I, I don't think that you can replace that with any coach. I actually thought Jeff Capel would be the likely choice to come in. Um, I think he's over uh, somewhere smaller, Missouri or something. But I thought that he would have been a great choice because he was a Duke alumnus to come in and be the head coach and kind of at least carry some swag. I don't even know who this guy is that they're making the head coach. <laughs> I thought they would maybe do a coaching search, try to find a big name, you know, to come in and replace him to keep that recruiting going. And I'll tell you, this is this is the saddest thing for me. I think is that my all-time favorite basketball player is Kobe Bryant, and uh, it was devastating for me last year, uh, you know, when he passed away. And I had pegged like five years ago when he was still playing. I said Kobe Bryant's going to be the next coach of Duke University. <laughs> I'm like, mark my words. At some point, Coach K is going to step down. And, and if you watch Kobe, he was taking those steps, coaching NBA players, coaching you know youth players, into getting into the coaching habit. He had the IQ to do it. He had the personality to do it. I think he coached one of the All Star games at one point. You know, I thought he was going to be the next coach of Duke University. So I'm a little disappointed because now that Coach K is stepping away, that's the guy I would have liked to have seen taking the reins. Uh, 
So John Shire is the guy's name, uh, an assistant. He played at Duke as well. Jason Williams, the the basketball, the ESPN, uh, well, is the ESPN? Yeah, ESPN worker now. He calls John Shire a young Brad Stevens, which is funny because Brad Stevens is young, but a young Brad Stevens nonetheless. And, uh, you know, I think about it, you know, in Lexington, most, I don't think nationally people know the assistant coaches under Coach Cal. Everybody here knows them. They know who they are. They have great respect for them. They would be all be okay if one of them was the next coach after Cal. I'm assuming Shire into some way was kind of like that, where at least the people around the program respect them, like them, and have have obviously have high regards. But this was obviously Coach K's decision. He's the one who chose who was going to be following him. Uh, yeah, and you had a fair amount of, of guys out there. Uh, you know, I know I've heard Tommy Amaker's name come up a lot, uh, immediately following the Coach K announcement, although I didn't think that was a grand slam hire, but, but, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you got the ACC now, uh, uh, Roy Williams retired at the end of the, at the end of the season. Now Coach K is going to do one more season. There's a changing of the guard taking place in the ACC. Um, but I'm looking forward. I'll tell you what, the, watching the fans in, in New York and the Knicks games, I forgot how much I love fans <laughs> from sitting at my home watching the game. Uh, I sure love to watch the fans back. And I think college basketball is going to be so much better this year just having those fans back. And of course, being in Lexington, it's like we didn't even play this season. It was horrible, but, um, Having the fans back is going to change everything back uh, there as well. And definitely looking forward to that. All right. Wayne G, he's a co-host of the Infinity Sports Podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you at. Uh, anywhere that you find your podcast. Google, iTunes, whatever, uh, Spotify, whatever. It is. If there's a, a podcast that gets hosted, then you can find Infinity Sports there. It's just me and my guy, Sully, and we talk about pretty much all things sports, baseball, basketball, football. I hate talking hockey, but I will if I have to. <laughs> so, but we talk about pretty much everything. We try to make it fun. Like I was saying before the show, if, if we're it's a slow news week, then we're going to play games like Guess That Player. You guys can play along. Awesome. Uh, can I follow you on social media anywhere? Yep, it's at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. All right. Very, very good. Well, thank you very much, Wayne, for joining us. I enjoyed the conversation uh, tonight. It's always fun to talk basketball, especially with someone who knows it. And uh, you, you were you were a great guest to have tonight. So I surely appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to what's ahead. We'll talk to you again at some point in the future as well. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Make sure you go visit the podcast links and click on the Yeti Coolers link. Get yourself a new cooler. We also have a link for Skull Candy. Uh, we didn't get a chance to mention them today, but uh, Skull Candy, another presenting sponsor for the podcast. And so make sure you click on that link and get yourself some new headphones or earbuds as well. We'll be back on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. We're going to be talking baseball. Uh, the MLB All-Star Balance came out this week. We're talking about that. Dad will be joining me, so we'll talk about a lot more as well. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 